you don't go outside you don't let the breeze hit you in the face you you're not aware of the live foods that you're supposed to consume every day everything that we consume has been cooked and overcooked we don't know where the food comes from we don't touch the food when it's still alive we don't commune with nature and we need to get back to it it's not about being excessively hippie like or flowered children it's that we are part of of mother nature and we need to reconnect with it it's it's critical to our health and well-being welcome back to the essentially you podcast I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Let me ask you a quick question. Do you ever find it hard to carve out time for yourself consistently? And what I mean by consistently is every single day. Now, if you were to ask me this question today, like right now, the answer is yes. And I'm a little embarrassed to admit that to you because I talk about this all of the time. Now, I keep saying that it's the season that I'm in and to just surrender to it because there are days when I feel like I am being pulled in a million directions the second that I wake up, tending to everyone's needs. And somehow, after it's all said and done, at the end of the night, I get booty bumped off the list. Yes, I have my absolute non-negotiables when it comes to self-care and self-preservation. And that's what it is. It is self-preservation at this point, which I'm going to be diving into next week here on the show on Tuesday. So tune on in if you're looking for some fast and quick practices to up-level your energy that are about as simple as I can make them. Now, I've spent probably a decade studying how to implement self-care rituals and practices while living a pretty busy, very full, and sometimes hectic life. Because let's take an honest look at our life for a moment. It can be so hard to find the time when our calendars are overbooked and life is moving so fast. For many of us, throughout the entire day, there are people pulling at us in our homes, via email, even text message with needs, demands, and requests. It can be challenging to get even a second alone unless you are in a car or running out to do an errand, or maybe you've locked yourself in the bathroom. I mean, there's a lot of different tricks out there. I get it. Now, I just tried to run errands by myself yesterday as an opportunity to get some alone time, but was convinced to bring my husband, Alex, and Kingston along. And although it was very sweet to have him with me, I went from being alone and indulging in a new book on Audible to instantly becoming a wife and a mom for the only two-hour break that I had that day. I completely get how self-care doesn't always go down the way you hoped and how much mindset and worthiness is connected to honoring our bodies and our mind with self-care. So that's why I brought on Javanka today. She is an herbalist and a woman's health coach, and she speaks directly into three key wellness practices to embrace despite feeling overscheduled and busy. We are also going to talk about how self-care and wellness practices can be accessible to anyone, no matter what their circumstances are, whether you are a single mama or a mama working two jobs, like caretaking for your parents, whatever it may be, she has connected the dots. All people, especially the caretakers of this world, deserve wellness practices that nourish them and improve their quality of life. And Javanka has figured out the secret sauce, and she's going to be sharing how to make self-care work for each of us. Now, 
I'm super stoked to dive into this powerful and engaging conversation with Javanka, but first I want to sing her praises. Javanka Sierras is the author of Reclaiming Wellness. It's her new book. She's got several other books. She's a certified wellness expert, an integrative herbalist, a women's hormone expert, nutrition educator, and she lectures and does workshops. What I love so much is she is Puerto Rican, so she does them in Spanish and English. And you can go visit her on JavancaSierras.com, which I will have in the show notes to go and check her out. Let's welcome her to the show. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore Supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Jovanka. Girl, how are you doing today? I am doing so good, Dr. Marisa. Thank you so much for having me. Mm, what I saw, because how you came to be is you, a, a dear, dear friend of ours, Anita, who was just on the show not too long ago, rock star, talking about emotional grit. Oh, so good. She was like, this is a woman you've got to know. And when your book came across my desk, I was just like, yes. Yes. And what we're going to be talking about is how any of us can embrace new practices despite being overworked or ultra busy. And we really want to really tease apart the fact that wellness is not just for the privileged few, Mm -hmm. that every single one of us needs it, deserves it, can integrate it. And that is what I think you have really figured out how to dial in is how we can bring wellness to everybody and make it as easy and as applicable as possible. And so I just want to say thank you for that. And as we dive into this, I would also just love to just have you share a little bit about what was that defining moment for you, Javanka, new author, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That said to yourself, like, this is the work I need to do. This is the book I need to do. These are the, these are the women I want to serve. Yeah. Thank you for all of that, for the work that you do. And certainly for, for that question. I've been doing this work for 10 years, but I have been in a wellness journey for about 15. So like most people that start looking for alternatives, my body started to fall apart. I grew up in the tropics in Puerto Rico, living from the earth, being in touch with nature, eating fruits from the nature's, you know, mango tree. And when I moved to New York City to study, I moved away from a lifestyle that was very healthy and very uh, nature oriented. Like everybody else, I was hustling and it was lovely until it wasn't. My body fell apart with conditions that Western medicine didn't have any solutions for. So at the time I had IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, endometriosis, fibroids, ulcers, So those conditions are considered chronic or acute in nature, not necessarily curable. You can manage the symptoms. And I was this young 27-year-old, and I was like, this is not acceptable. I cannot, this cannot be it. 
So I decided to look elsewhere and I learned about Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine and Western herbalism. I started to incorporate some of these practices into my own routine and my body slowly started to react positively and started to heal. And that led, that was a big catalyst. I realized that this information needed to be available to a lot of people that unfortunately weren't accessing this beautiful information. So I went back to school, studied nutrition, became a coach and have been educating people for the last 10 years. Mm. I just want to take a moment. There's so much, so much to unpack here really quickly. One, so, so grateful that you, you were spending time, you grew up in Puerto Rico, so you got a sense of what it felt like to be in nature, to really experience natural solutions, to grow up with that maternal lineage of that kind of knowledge in a lifestyle that that was really conducive to healing, right? It was it's probably, I was safe to assume a slower, a slower lifestyle than New York City. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, as this amazing, bright women, woman you are, you go to New York City to follow your dreams, like so many of us do, right? We go to the cities. I did. I, on the opposite side of the coast. I know that you're on the opposite side of the coast now in LA, not too far from me, actually. I went to San Francisco because New York seemed a little bit far. And yeah, that that fast-paced hustle, you know, lifestyle of let's create success. Let's, you know, there's a lot of masculine energy in that. And there's a lot of stress in that and overwhelm in that of just trying to make it. Over time, it just wears on the body. And there's a lot of really healthy food in New York. And there's probably a lot of really fast food in New York too. Like just trying to get by, right? Kind of, kind of options. And so, and I love that you really knew immediately or pretty quickly on that our modern medical system didn't really have anything for you in terms of really, really healing. And that you had that intelligence and that foresight to just know that you had to go find it elsewhere, you know? Talk to me about in your healing journey specifically as, you know, in that kind of moment where as you were looking at some of the chronic conditions, I call them lifestyle conditions, right? Yeah. You were looking at these lifestyle conditions. Maybe you went to a couple of doctors in New York City and either they are like, hey, we have nothing for you, or here's a pill to mitigate some of the bad yeah, issues here. <laughs> yeah. We got <laughs> one, one or the other, either good luck with that, or here's a pill and good luck with that, right? You realizing, you're like, okay, there is nothing for me here. Nothing, nothing long-term that's going to get me where I want to go. And if I look down the trajectory of this lifestyle and of these solutions, it's going to look like a lot of the same. How long was that timeline for you personally, Javanka, where you were like, nothing for me here, especially with some big ones like IBS and endometriosis. You know, again, some of these are considered more autoimmune related where we could put ourselves into remission, but we don't ever really get over it. What was that timeline for you? Yeah. The doc, I remember going to doctors and and this is something that I tell clients all the time as as an analogy. Because people need to start understanding that they are the experts in their body, right? The person that you look at in the mirror every morning is the expert in you. And yes, we do want to respect the opinions of those people that spend years training and are considered experts in human health, but they're not the experts in you. And so that was a very hard thing that I had to learn the hard way because I was indoctrinated like everybody else to believe this person is the only person with the answers. I remember talking to doctors 
gastrointestinal doctors, like experts in the stomach, telling me, just don't worry about it. Just eat whatever you were eating before. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, right? If I go, if I buy a Maserati and take it to a mechanic that's an expert in luxury vehicles and ask them about the best oil for my new vehicle, and they tell me, well, just whatever you want, just go, just whatever. I'll be like, this person is a charlatan mm-hmm. and I'm not going to come back to them. Yet we accept this as truth. Uh, And what I believe is that as advocates, not only for ourselves, but for our children, for our society as a whole, we have the power to change the system, to slowly go to our doctors and tell them, I am here and you need to be my partner in this journey that is called health. That particular doctor is not ready for you and that's okay then you can go to another one like, and you can go to physicians and clinicians and other medical practitioners, people like you who are open to seeing alternatives and helping women learn about their bodies and, and heal from the inside out. So that's exactly what I did. And I was curious enough. I was young enough. I looked relatively healthy, which was another thing that was really interesting. Everybody said to me, like, what is your problem? Like, why are you also always in pain? And it was almost like a silent pain. It wasn't cancer, right? It wasn't a life-threatening disease. And that was also another catalyst. I was like, I'm not going to wait until I'm 40 and 50 and 60. And then this smackdown will become something more serious that will take me a lot more time, effort, and resources to heal. Instead, I want to go out there and find alternative solutions. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for tapping deeper into that and really speaking into, I love that analogy of going to, you know, a Maserati or someone who's fixing cars and they're just like, put whatever you would put into an old Toyota, you know, like, and you're just like, what? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You would definitely question that and just be like, I'm not coming back here again. And I think, you know, I always tell a lot of the women listening to the show that, uh, you know, your primary doctor isn't a hormone specialist. And so many of them are not focused on lifestyle. Um, I was just actually running labs at a, at a facility and I was talking to one of the physicians and she's like, what do you think? I have so many women coming to me in their late forties that want to be on hormone therapy. What do you think? And I was like, well, this is my take. Cause she's like, I don't feel really comfortable doing that. And I was like, well, you shouldn't, you know? And so I was like, every single one of these women deserves a more tailored approach. This is what I think is uh, the other root cause drivers. I'm sure if you've put women on these, but these synthetic hormones that maybe they come to you two to three months later with the same symptoms even since before they were on the synthetic hormones. I said, we've got to look at these other pieces. And and so it was really interesting conversation as I was guiding this doctor (laughs) into like, yes, please don't just, you know, blanket put all these women on hormone therapy when in your gut, you're, you're thinking to yourself, maybe no, and you're not exactly sure what's, what's really driving a lot of their symptoms. You know, you're not, we're not, it sounds to me that you haven't really investigated that. So it's, yeah. I mean, even in this conversation I was having with a primary of, and, and I was really trying to talk her out of like, we could do better, you know? We could definitely do better. Yes. Okay. So you're, you're in your mid twenties. 
in you're having these aha moments. And I know a big part of this conversation today is how we are able to adapt new wellness practices into our life, whether we're dealing with some big stuff or not, or whether we're feeling super overwhelmed and busy in our life, overscheduled. I have a feeling that that's very similar to where you were at. Like you were like, I need to make changes, but life is super busy right now. So talk to me about some of the transformational lifestyle changes, habits, rituals that have that not only moved the needle for you, but that in the last decade that you've been working with women have really moved the needle for them that has felt tied more into ease and grace. Yeah, that's a be- beautiful w- word, right? Ease, uh, grace, like ease and grace is critical when it comes to helping women achieve their goals and you know balance their minds, bodies, and souls. I was a hustler. I'm the kind that is, I'm type A type person, and I like to run, run, run. So slowing down was hard for me. But one of the things that I started to recognize was, and when you learn about Eastern traditions, you start realizing that slowing down is also moving forward, right? You're still moving and you're constantly changing. So even for those people who love to change and love to, you know, move and hustle, it is important to know that slowing down is an important process. One of the things that I tell my clients all the time when I, when I, when I see them and there's not like you, I have a lot of women that come to me saying, you know, I want to restore my fertility. I want to reduce my symptoms of perimenopause, but I'm really busy. Like, how do I incorporate this into my life? One of the things that I use is a method called the replace, reduce and replace method. And is a lot easier than it actually sounds, but essentially it takes us 21 to 28 days to build a new habit. We recognize that every time we try to eliminate something that we know is not good for us, it leaves a void. And it is our human nature to fill voids. Like we don't like empty spaces. It makes us feel uncomfortable. So instead, we see it as we're going to reduce certain habits that don't work for us any longer and replace it. Rather than trying to find time and space in an already busy you know, lifestyle, I'm going to reduce something that no longer serves me and replace that with something that we know is going to be good for us. Perfect example is finding time for a meditative or contemplative practice. A lot of people want time for themselves, especially women, right? We're natural givers and we give and give and we are, uh, we, we feel depleted. We need time. We need to reclaim that time, reclaim that energy back. So I tell my clients, you know, on Saturdays or Sundays, easiest days of the week where you find a little bit more time, I need you to walk around the house and find a space that you can reclaim and then find the time that you can reclaim. So if you're a single mother of two living in a two-bedroom apartment with a full-time job, you are going to listen to us and say, I don't have a space to reclaim. That's when I need you to go around the room and say, okay, that might mean that I need to wake up 20 minutes earlier and reclaim the bathroom, right? The one room that I believe is going to be empty for those 20 minutes where I can now reduce that, I've reduced that, I found that space. I found that time and I'm going to replace that time found 
with something that is replenishing or nurturing in nature. It could be meditating. It could be listening to a podcast. It could be taking a bath. It could be having a nice cry and letting go, writing in a journal, whatever it might be that works for you, that you know is going to help you replenish some of the energy that you've been giving out to everyone around you, your children, your work, your partner, your friends. You need to reclaim that time and that energy back. Mm, I think it's so powerful. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about, yeah, the single mamas. I was thinking about, and I'm not even a single mama and I have a lot of support. Probably the one thing that I want so badly is more time to myself. Cause I, you know, it's still breastfeeding. I forgot what happened. My husband was asking me for something and I was just like, I just, oh, he wanted to walk with me. And I was like, mm-mm. I'm walking. No, you go walk by yourself. I just love you, but I need time for mama. I need time for herself. Exactly. I'm like, I just finished breastfeeding my son. I just handled a bunch of stuff with a bunch of people. The last thing I want to do is walk with you. I'm not (laughs) going to lie. But I was thinking, you know, if it's still feeling impossible as I was listening to all of that. And because I'm figuring that out. Like, I'm like, you know, where it could be your car. It can yeah. be outside in nature, but also you could have friends come over. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't have a babysitter or you can't afford a babysitter, maybe it's friends who come over and they just watch your kids for 15 to 20 to 30 minutes while you go out of the house. I often yeah. have to leave the house. If the baby hears me, oh, it's on and cracking. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I'm always <laughs> hiding from the baby. Um <laughs> And then the other thing I was going to suggest is, or just having a best friend come over for a couple hours, like on the weekend or, you know what I'm saying? So like, there's lots of ways that you can do it probably free. Like, like, although I've never asked a best friend to watch my son for an extended period of time, I know that if I was in a, in a desperate state where I needed time by myself on the weekend and I didn't have a babysitter, I could call one of my best friends and say, Hey, could you just watch Kingston for one hour? So I'm, I'm dissecting how that's possible. Right. And all, but also you are, you have clarity about the power uh, that you have to ask. Yes. A lot of us, especially women, feel like we don't want, we're very generous with our time and our energy, but we don't want to receive and nothing could be more detrimental. We have to learn that the act of receiving is also an act of generosity. You're allowing somebody else to be generous with their gift to you. And that is also a gift for them. Mm, I agree. Honestly, the biggest detriment to our society is us not asking because <laughs> we are we are what makes it all work 100%. So I yeah. love that. So the finding that time to yourself to restore, restore and recharge, finding yeah. a space in your home or in your car or outside where you can get reignited. Are there other things that I know that when you dove into Ayurveda and you dove into Chinese medicine and mind you, that is a big one. And I'm feeling that right now, like that and sleep are two of the biggest needs for me at the moment. Amen to all this. Cause I'm feeling this. I'm in it right now. So I know what have been some other things that again, women can integrate who mm-hmm. are debating whether they even have got that hour on the weekend mm-hmm. to make that work for them. Anything else that we can bring to the, to the yeah. forefront that you've learned? You know, one of the things that I love in this world, I'm an herbalist by trade. So I love the use of plants as medicine to help us adapt, to create actions inside the body, to help us restore, reclaim wellness. 
So herbalism is critical to me. It's one of the easiest ways in which we can give those internal motherly hugs and gifts to ourselves. So if you're the kind that has a hard time finding time, you know, you're wondering, you know, this that's all great, but I don't have time for any of this stuff. I don't have a friend that I can get to. How about you use some adaptogenic herbs, for example, or some others that might help you get some energy Some of the ones that I believe for women that are very mild, but very effective is ginseng, which I've been using a lot with clients with long COVID. That is a stimulant, but it's a mild stimulant. So it's not as aggressive as caffeine or other things that are going to deplete your endocrine system and cause a lot of this hormonal disruption at the end of the day. I love uh, my Eleuthero. It's a little bit less effective because it's a little bit more mild in nature, but it's also considered a stimulant. And then if you want something that is calming, that is going to help you sort of like focus, but also at the same time, reduce that level of overwhelm. One of my favorites is lemon balm and Tulsi or uh, holy basil, I think it's known Mm -hmm. as. And those are minty and kind of yummy in taste, really easy to consume in tea form. And it's a way for you to very easily, very quickly incorporate wellness practices that will have an action in the body. So you will feel something that is not aggressive. It's not going to actually disrupt other parts of your body, but it's going to help you feel really yummy and within your body, at least for a short amount of time. Mm, I love that. I'm actually drinking a couple of different herbals, but one of them is lemon balm and Tulsi. I have a Tulsi and lemon balm iced tea that I'm sipping on right now with lemon and lime in it as we're having this interview. Because yeah. um, they are they are so incredible. And I, I, I t- there's a supplement that I take. My Adrenal Love supplement has um, as ginseng in it as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I love it for myself specifically because, I mean, I do drink coffee. I'm not going to pretend like I don't, girl. I do in the early morning, but I also want to make sure that I'm restoring my endocrine system, that I'm giving my brain what it needs. And so I I take that as well. And I've loved, again, how these very specific adaptogenic herbs are helping to create more sustainable alertness, memory, focus, and energy overall without, yeah, that depletion that you can experience or that crash that you can experience after having like a mega coffee drink, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Or having a super stressful day, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're fighting with everybody, your partner, your work, your everything, and you're coming home and you're dealing with your children and trying to be the best mom you can be. You know, the good things about, about herbs is that they're very easy to find. The safety data is very strong behind a lot of them. And for every action that the body needs, you'll find a dozen of them. So, you know, if Tulsi didn't work for you, maybe you want to try ashwagandha. And if ashwagandha is not working for you, maybe you want to try some shatavari. And then you'll, you'll try them for a few days and see how they react to you. And perhaps your friends will tell you like, listen, girl, that didn't work for me, but these are the one did. So maybe you want to give it a go and see if it actually works for you and for your needs. Mm. And I know I, a lot of these ones that you're talking about, I often drink during the day. Are there ones that you recommend for the evening that people can do for evening teas, kind of like wind down teas? I'd love to hear some of your recommendations on that. 
Yeah, sure. So depending on the time of the day and depending on the time of the month too, mm-hmm. I you like, for example, when I'm just very PMSy and I'm feeling kind of depleted and I need grounding, I use a combination of ginger and red raspberry leaf. It's as simple as you can buy it to, uh, like just like that together. You can make it at home very simply. And it's very grounding. Ginger is warming, but it's also very grounding. So it helps you fall asleep and sort of have a restorative sleep. In those parts of the world where cannabis is legal, if you can have a combination of like gummy or any kind of, of edible that has a higher combination of CBD than THC, maybe two to one ratio, it's also really great as a botanical that will help you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And then if we're talking about uh, summertime, so times of the year where it's a little bit warmer and you need something a little bit more cooling, you can try anything that is leafy is going to be good for you. So peppermint, all of the mint family, lemon balm is a really great plant to help you uh, have a restorative sleep. I love my, um, I forget the name in English now, jamaica or, or uh, hibiscus. A hibiscus, yeah, yes. <laughs> Hibiscus, the plant is really, the flower is what we dry up and actually turn into the tea. And it's a tonic for the respiratory system and for the cardiovascular system. Like people don't realize how much of a tonic it is for the cardiovascular system. It's like a rotor rooter for your arteries. (laughs) It is. And ginger really quickly too, for women who are dealing with, you know, especially in perimenopause and those heavy periods, ginger can lessen your period, like lessen that, just the the painful cramps and the heavy, heavy periods. So just to, just something to mention there too. Yeah. And hibiscus tea, I actually, I have an, another iced tea in my fridge of two different iced teas right now. Gosh, I'm so glad we're talking about this, um, <laughs> where it is, it's hibiscus tea and I've got mint leaves in there. Yeah. Uh, because it's so refreshing and cooling, but I also love the benefits it has on the cardiovascular system. Yeah, it's really amazing. And then for the women that are listening that, uh, you know, I know you're, I love your awesome book about menopause. I love my, um, oh God, I forget the name, sage is the plant that I was looking for because it's really great at helping you reduce night sweats and helping you kind of stay asleep when you're like struggling with some of that perimenopausal or menopausal period of life. And there's so many out there. I mean, I'm sure as a physician, you you are aware of a lot of them. And in your book, you mentioned them. It's all about talking to your herbalist or talking to your doctor and working together and, and having that partnership. So you find some alternative solutions. And in combination with what your doctor recommends, there is no need for us to struggle through a lot of these hormonal and life things that right before we started recording, we talked about like we're living right we're in the middle of life and it happens and sometimes some days are harder than others well yeah and I want to talk a little bit about our behind the scenes conversation as I we were talking about you know all of us as women were cycling monthly yearly throughout our lives and you know although I think it's important for us to know what what is going on in perimenopause what happens in menopause what happens in our <laughs> fertile years it's not often something that we hunt we just it's not like we're we're fully identifying with that like at the end of the day we're identifying with how we want to feel so like if yeah. our brain isn't fully focused or we're finding our 
ourselves having memory blips or all of a sudden, like we just feel like blah after 5 p.m. That's the thing we want addressed. You know, if we're feeling like we're waking up not refreshed, we're waking up kind of pulling ourselves out of bed, hoping that the shower is going to wake us up. What's going to (laughs) help us get over that hump, right? That's what I mean. For me, those are the things that are on my mind. Yes. Am I thinking about I'm in stage one of perimenopause on a, on a logical, like conceptual level? Sure. But what I want addressed are the things that are getting in my, like things that are bothersome and disruptive about my health right now. And one of the things that have been the biggest needle mover for me, and I'm so glad we talked about it, Javanka honey, is the, is the herbal adaptogenic herbs. They, they've Mm -hmm. made such a big difference, but also my alone time is huge sleep. And I know that there are herbs that can help with sleep as well. Yeah. And then is there anything else that you have found that, you know, kind of a, a critical consideration for women who are busy, overscheduled, life is happening to them that you see in your clients a lot that, that you would love to touch upon? You know, it's all about planning and recognizing our self-worth. I spend half the time with my clients redefining the relationship with themselves, right? Recognizing, because we have been indoctrinated for since the time we were children that we are going out there and we don't actually give to ourselves. So there's a lot of planning, a lot of redefining the relationship with our foods, with our own thoughts. Uh, Sleep is critical, as you mentioned. I I cannot, (laughs) I think that, Literally 33 quarters of the problems of the world will be solved if people have uh, better sleep, quality of sleep. But certainly redefining that relationship with the foods that they consume, foods that will actually help them and support their hormonal world and the, the, the life that they are living in the moment is critical to me. I recommend a lot of my clients come to me because they want to eat more plants, they have been, you know, living in this society where they have learned for whatever reason, they learn not to cook, not to nourish themselves. They don't know how to eat. They're super busy. So they just pick something in the supermarket, nook it and eat it. Nothing could get us further away from nature. So one of the things that I also recommend clients is to ground is to go back to nature. Just like I said at the very beginning when I was talking about how I moved away from a a childhood where I was connected to nature. Most of us that live in cities don't, right? We don't, even if you have the luxury of a yard with a beautiful grass, you don't take your shoes off. (laughs) It's so true. Or you don't even go outside. You don't go outside. You don't let the breeze hit you in the face. You're not aware of the life foods that you're supposed to consume every day. Everything that we consume has been cooked and overcooked. We don't know where the food comes from. We don't touch the food when it's still alive. We don't commune with nature and we need to get back to it. It's not about being excessively hippie-like or flower children. It's that we are part of, of mother nature and we need to reconnect with it. It's, it's critical to our health and well-being. I agree. I can imagine going from gorgeous island, Puerto Rico, to the concrete <laughs> jungle of New York City. What a major shift and shock that could be to the system. And I know that there's so many people who have just grown up in the cities, 
So many yeah. people who have just grown up, like you said, indoctrinated to just give, 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 do, 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 and just lose a lot of what gives us that that intrinsic energy, the energy source. And nature is such a big part of that energy source. And whether you're getting it from the plants and the herbs or the plants, like you said, life-giving foods, or you're getting it from being out in nature, I think these are three critical elements that aren't necessarily challenging to integrate. It's just a matter of taking the time. And I know in your book too, you talk about what it looks like to prepare. If indeed yeah. you have to make this shift, like what does that look like? And that's what you go into. Anything else you want us to know about the book specifically? So the book is called Reclaiming Wellness because the idea is that a lot of the practices that we know today in the wellness world are not being reclaimed by a lot of us, but especially by the people that created the, the, the ancestors that created this practice. And as you said, in the modern era, we don't recognize the wisdom of the ages. So I set out to create this beautiful book that looked at the history of these wellness practices in hopes that people can learn to love them, right? Because if you learn to love that, that is part of your ancestry, your birthright, it's a lot easier for you then to incorporate them and reclaim them as yours. So it is all about finding where they come from, how they've been part of your ancestry. You honor the your ancestors by reclaiming these practices. And then you find, yes, you find ways that are relatively easy for you to incorporate them into the modern life that we live and love so much today. Mm, I love that so much. And I love that you've lived through it and that you've helped so many women live through it because you know exactly what that feels like and that you have found ways for us to be able to integrate that. That feels really good to us. I align with all the things, all the things that you talked (laughs) about today. Um, And I want to just say thank you so, so much. And again, congratulations on your book. Congratulations for taking your journey and transforming that into helping so many other women. I just love that. And I'm just so excited to dive deeper into this book and integrate a lot more of these beautiful herbs that you talk about and really coming from a place of nature. I think that is so, so key. So lovely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a wonderful time talking to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, honey. Mm, How refreshing was that? Javanka's philosophy is something that I can get behind in a big way. And did you know that her amazing book, Reclaiming Wellness, is literally out right now, and it's packed with so many great nuggets on how to incorporate whole foods into your busy life, how to plan ahead so that you have time for yourself, and practical self-care tips for nourishing your body that are easy, right? And I mean, I think practical is like that magic word of like, give me give me the solution, show me how to do it, like make it quick for me so that I can just implement it and build it into the already, you know, again, overscheduled and busy life that I'm living. Now, I was so inspired by this conversation, as I mentioned earlier, this following, this next Tuesday, on the podcast, I'm going to be sharing five daily habits and rituals that I never skip in order to feel as good as I can, right? To feel my best, right? And these are my non-negotiables for my health, my sanity, so that I can show up, show up for you, show up, show up for Kingston, show up for my family, show up for everyone I really want to show up for. So this is going to be super short and sweet, but I do want to share the things that over the years, I have figured out like, okay, this 
is always on the agenda. These are the non-negotiables. This is how I function in the world. So I'm super excited to go into that. And as always, thank you so much for listening in to the Essentially You podcast. If there is someone who is needing to hear this, who you know is just got so much on their plate and just can't seem to figure out time for themselves, hopefully there are nuggets in here that can really align and relate to what they're going through and how they can implement. If that's the case, send them a text message, send them a screenshot, share it on social, tag some friends, right? And if you do share on social, hashtag hormone CEO. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.